Well, it's a privilege to be here today, and uh, it's nice to see some some faces out here with us this morning. And uh, if you want to take your Bibles and turn with me to 2 Samuel chapter 5, and we're just going to look quickly at the end of verse 13 and the end of verse 16 this morning. It simply says this, more sons and daughters were born to David. And then down in verse 16, it says, Elishama, Elida, and Alephalet. Let's pray together this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. And Lord, we're so thankful that we have the privilege to gather here together this morning and meet uh, through Facebook Live. Lord, I'm so thankful that your presence is with us no matter where we are this morning. And Lord, I pray that as we focus on you for these next few moments, Lord, that you would take these simple message and this simple messenger and that you would speak to our hearts today. We love you, Lord. Thank you for the privilege of gathering together in your presence today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I don't know if you've done much study on the life of David, but David is one of my favorite characters in the Bible. And one of the things that's interesting is, unless you've done some uh, focus study on him, you probably are aware of three of his famous sons, like Absalom or Solomon or Amnon. But most of us probably aren't aware of these three sons, these younger sons of David, Elishama, Elida, and Alephalet. While these three sons don't stand out, maybe historically, I think as you look a little bit closer at what David was trying to accomplish, I hope that it will be an encouragement to you today, they, because these names, as I studied them, kind of jumped off the pages to me of, of the Bible. Often the names in the Old Testament parents would name their children as, as living reminders of some great thing that God had done in their families or in their lives, or, or some special event where God had showed up in a, in a miraculous way. In our time, though, it seems as, as the custom ha has kind of shifted and changed. Now we tend to name our children after some uh, famous celebrity or, or a family member that means something to us, or, or in today's world, uh, maybe the, the Google list of the most popular names, right? So it doesn't always seem to carry that significance. But I'm thankful with David, he was very thoughtful in the meanings of these names. And so I, I, I can see it as I read them. What they mean, God hears, God knows, and God delivers. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for the meaning of those names because in our situation, in our story, in a year like 2020 has been for us uh, at times, I, I need reminders like that of who God is because these names are foundational to the character of who God is. I think it's important for us to reconnect with that sometimes in the middle of our story. King David had some amazing experiences with the Lord. He knew by personal experience that God heard and answered his prayer time after time in his story. You can see David reach out to the Lord in the, in the face of amazing obstacles, and God was faithful to come through. He knew also that the eye of God was on him, that we, God was watching him from a very young age as we study his story, and he knew that God had delivered him again and again. He remembered the bear and the lion and, and even Goliath, the, the victories that God had helped him to win throughout his life. And now, every time he looked at these sons, he was reminded of these experiences. 
He was reminded of a God who hears, of a God who knows. And thankfully, he was reminded of a God who delivers. And I believe it's a good thing for us to be reminded as well that we all have times in our lives where we need to remember who God is. We all have times in our lives where we need to remember those basic, simple truths in our relationship with him, in the midst of our stories, in the midst of our challenges, that that same God, right, is there in the midst of our situation. So let's look this morning. The first son is Elishama. God hears. I'm thankful that God showed David at an early age how powerful he is. And David believed in the power of prayer. We can see it through his life. And, and I love the Psalms because it's, it's a great way that David poured out his heart to the Lord. And in Psalm chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, we see this of David. He said, O Lord, I have so many enemies and so many are against me. So many are saying, God will never rescue him. Selah, which means think of that. But you, O Lord, are a shield around me. I love that thought. I love the descriptiveness of David, the way he described the feeling that the Lord gave him. You, O Lord, are a shield around me. You are my glory and the one who holds my head high. I cried out to the Lord and he answered me from his high mountain. I lay down and slept and I woke up in safety for the Lord was watching over me. I'm not afraid of 10,000 enemies who surround me on every side. Arise, O Lord, and rescue me, my God. I'm so thankful for the Lord and who he is. I'm thankful that he hears our prayers. I'm thankful that we, when we find ourselves in difficult situations, no matter what they are, that we serve a God who hears, who responds to our prayers. And one of the most important things that we need to learn in our relationship with God is the importance of our prayers. I know sometimes it's tempting to, to, to look at other people's lives or maybe even look to, to pastors or other Christians that, that are important to us and, and we desire their prayers and we, we often will go to people and ask them to pray for us and for our situations. And that's great. That's important to have as many people praying and believing with us as we possibly can. But I'm thankful for this truth that God hears me. That when I pray, when I bring my needs to the Lord, that he hears my prayers. That I don't, I'm not dependent on other people's faith or other people's prayers. But that when I call out to God, he hears me. He knows my voice. Because prayer is, is taking everything to our Heavenly Father who loves us, and He wants to be a part of our lives. Because prayer isn't just hoping. <laughs> prayer isn't just crossing our fingers and hoping that things will turn out right. But prayer is relying and putting our faith and our trust in God who loves us. The late Dr. A.J. Gordon once said this, if we depend on organization, we get what organization can do for us. If we depend upon eloquence, we get what eloquence can do for us. But if we depend upon prayer, we are brought face to face with what God can do for us. And I don't know about you, 
but I don't want to depend on any other thing. I want to be right there in that moment, in my moment of need, face to face with what God can do in my situation. To turn to Him, I'm thankful for a God who hears. The one thing that we have is prayer, and it's our greatest asset because nothing that we face is too big for God. There isn't one thing that that we can face in our whole lifetimes that's greater than His ability to reach in and meet that need. I'm so thankful for that this this morning. And David wanted to remind himself every day when he looked at his son that God hears. Secondly, is Elida this morning. God knows. David was very aware of that fact. And there are really two sides of this coin this morning. God knows. First, God knows the things that we do, right? The things that are seen and the things that are unseen. And the one thing that I appreciate about the life of David was, was his imperfection. And I know that sounds funny to say, but I appreciate today that, that God was able to use his life in spite of his failures and mistakes. Not, not that it's okay to have imperfections, but, but when we mess up and when we fail, it's not the end of the story. That when we, when we learn how to face our mistakes as David did, that we can continue to, to face those challenges and, and that God can continue to write a good story for us. You see, David was a great hero and a king. And the Bible even calls him a man after God's own heart. But it wasn't his perfection to be all that. It was that he knew what it was to repent. It was that he knew how to face his mistakes and to not hide from them, to not make excuses. And I think one of the challenges of our world today is is we are world-class excuse makers. When we fail and when we make a mistake, it's so easy to, to blame our circumstances, to blame other people, to blame everything except for taking responsibility for ourselves. But something I I love about David is he understood that God's knowledge about our lives wasn't just to condemn us, but it was there so that he could deliver us. God knows. And even in David's greatest failures, when he came to God and was repentant, God still moved and responded to his life. And I'm so thankful for that. You see, I'm also thankful for the other side of the coin, that God knows. He knows the challenges that we face. He knows exactly what you're facing today. He he knows the greatest need that you have in your story, and he sees those things that no one else can see because he knows. He knows our inner conflict and that thing that you feel no one else can see. That thing that you're struggling with that makes it so hard to to get a good night's sleep because you're wrestling with it all night, God knows. And maybe even this morning you're really hurting physically or emotionally. I'm I'm so thankful that it doesn't mean that God has not heard your prayers. It doesn't mean that God isn't aware of your situation. God knows. I'm thankful for that this morning. Look what David says in Psalm chapter 34, verses 4 through 8. He said, I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all of my fears. They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. 
I love verse 6. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. Did you notice that? I'm so thankful for all, right? God didn't just save him from a few of his troubles or a handful of troubles, but God saved them from all of his troubles. Verse 7 says, The angel of the Lord encamps around all around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. See, David understood that God knew. God knew what he was facing. God knew the conflict. God knew the challenges. And that leads us to the final son this morning. The third is Elephalet. God delivers. You see, not only does God hear, not only does God know, but God delivers. One of my favorite stories of deliverance is in the New Testament in Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 through 27. And, and, I, and I love this story of Jesus because, because it's this story of Jesus and the disciples in the boat crossing the Sea of Galilee. And I, I can relate to the disciples because so often we face the challenges of our life in much the same way. When the storm comes up, the unexpected challenge arises. Too many times our, our initial reaction is like the disciples to try and figure it out themselves, right? And here were these fishermen, probably in their own boats, crossing the, the Sea of Galilee, and all of a sudden this huge storm comes up out of nowhere. And the waves are so big, they're going over the boat, and these men are frantic. And I can see them finding, searching for something to bail with, right? They're, they're bailing out with all their might, desperately trying to, to survive in this own, their own strength. And finally, when they've done as much as they can do, out of desperation, they turn to Jesus and go back to the boat where he was sleeping and wake him up. Let's read the story. It says in verse 23, Then Jesus got on the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly, isn't that how life is, right? We think everything is fine and going smooth and we got everything under control, and then suddenly, right, the unexpected happens. And a fierce storm struck the lake with the waters breaking into the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. And the disciples went and woke him, shouting, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. And Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. And the disciples were amazed and said, who is this man? They asked, that even the winds and the waves obey him. How many times in our situations have some unexpected thing come into our life? And our first reaction Instead of turning to God, instead of trusting Him and turning to Him first, we frantically try and figure it out in our own strength, and we struggle, and then finally when we're about to lose hope and there's nowhere else to turn, then we turn to Jesus, forgetting that He was right there the whole time, right? Because God knows. God knows our circumstances. He's not asleep on the job while the storm is raging in our lives. He knows. But I'm thankful that he is there to deliver us. I, I love the response of Jesus, right? Because the disciples were still trying to learn him and understand who this guy was. 
In spite of all the miracles they had seen Jesus do to this point, this is the spot where they look at each other and said, who is this guy? Right? That even the wind and the seas obey him, that this Sea of Galilee could go from waves that were going over the top of the boat to in a split second, all of a sudden, the lake was as calm like glass. Have you ever been at a high mountain lake when there's no wind and you can it's so crystal clear you can see the reflection of the mountains and the trees on the water? Right? It was like one of those moments. One second it was stormy and the winds were flooding the boat and the next second it was totally calm. That's exactly what God wants to do in our situations. That same Jesus, right, that stood up in the boat for the disciples that day is the same Jesus that's in our lives today. That same Jesus. And just like he was saying to the disciples, why didn't you trust me? I'm right here. I'm not going to let nothing happen to you. Just trust me. There are times in our lives where we do the same thing. And Jesus is standing there, just just trust me. I've got this. He wants us to learn to, to remember who he is. And I'm so thankful that God loves us. And it goes beyond just knowing our needs, that he wants to be our deliverer. Oftentimes, especially with Jesus, it was the, God, he used the circumstances and uh, the situations they were in to kind of teach the disciples a lesson, right? Kind of a, so that they can see it happen, so they can see it play out and learn something about God. One of those experiences for me happened when I was, I can't remember if I was 13 or 14 years old, but my parents for a season when they weren't pastoring were evangelists. I'll never one, remember one day we were in services over on the, the west side of, the, of Washington, and, and Dad just kind of seemed off that day. I couldn't put a finger on it. He just wasn't himself. And I remember watching him preach that night, and he did the best that he could, but you could tell he, there was just something going on. And I remember he had the altar. People came forward, and they were praying, and he came over and said that he needed to go back and sit down. He wasn't feeling right. And so it was obvious that there was something major going on because that just wasn't like that. And so we went in and checked on it, and it was obvious that, that he was having a, a heart attack. And so we called 911, and they rushed him by al- ambulance to uh, um, the big hospital there in downtown Bellevue. And that night was just full of tests. It was kind of like a blur. I don't remember once we loaded him up in the ambulance. I don't remember a whole lot other than praying and worried, you know, that that uh, hoping and praying that God was going to come through. Well, the next day after, after uh, running all of those tests, I remember the doctor coming in, and me and my sister and my mom and my grandpa Womack were there. And he gave us the speech that no one likes to hear. He basically said that after running all the tests, there's really nothing that we can do that this is probably his last day that, that we needed to, well, he could still respond to us, we needed to say all of our goodbyes. Because there was really, it was too late. Whatever had happened in his heart attack was too serious. And I remember my mom had to get my sister out of there. She was having a real hard time, and so it was me and Grandpa, and he was going to get me out of the hospital for a few minutes and get a hamburger with me or something, and as we were walking out of dad's room, and he was just, he couldn't even sit up. If they raised his bed a little bit, all of the alarms would go off, and the nurses would come running, and 
And so he was just laying there uh, looking pretty weak. And so as we were walking out of the room, Grandpa just pulled me aside. He said, Scott, can you just wait out here for a minute? I want to I go pray for my son. So I waited out in the hallway as Grandpa went back into the room and, and spent some time with Dad and just went in and said, Son, can I pray for you? And he wasn't in there very long. I remember Grandpa came back out, and, and I was kind of praying there in the hallway too. And we just went out and got a hamburger. And while we were out there uh, getting a quick lunch and headed back, something began to change. One of my dad's uh, favorite things at the time was Patrick McManus, and he wrote these kind of funny outdoor stories, right? And I had brought him his latest one and had it sitting by his bed, and and while we were gone, he started feeling better, and he got antsy, and he, he wanted something to read, so he reached over and grabbed his Patrick McManus book and, and started laughing <laughs> at the stories. And so the nurses ran in because it set off all the alarms, and they thought something terrible was happening. And so finally they had to take the book away because he was laughing too much. And by the time we got back, maybe 45 minutes later, he was, his color was back. He was sitting up in his bed. And it was obvious that in those few moments, something had changed. And the doctors had no answer, right? Because they, they had already told us that this was his last few hours. And so they were so confused that they went back and retested everything. I, I teased him a little bit for a while that they'd even given him an ultrasound. So check to see if he was pregnant. But, but that's, that's the way our God is. Even in the midst of what seems to be hopeless situation, God, I'm thankful for a God who hears. He hears our prayers. I'm thankful for a God who knows. He knows our situations and our need, but I'm even more thankful that God is a God who delivers. He's a delivering kind of God. And no matter where you're at today, no matter what you're facing, maybe you're here this morning and you, and you feel overwhelmed in your situation, I want to tell you and remind you this morning who he is. I want you to remember who he is that he knows. He hasn't abandoned you. He's not asleep on the job. That our God knows. And I want to challenge you this morning to give it back to him, to trust him. Now his timing may not work the way we wish it would work out, and the answer may look different than what we're asking for, but that doesn't mean that he isn't responding because he loves his children. He loves you, and he cares about you, and he sees your situation. And I want to remind you who he is this morning. You see, he's the God that hears. He hears our prayers. He knows our situation and our need, and, and he wants to be the one who delivers you. He wants to be the answer. So this morning, no matter where you are or, or what you're facing, I, I, I want to pray with you this morning. If you're here, would you stand with me today? And I just want to pray for you, and, and we believe in prayer. I know things are a little different right now as far as social distancing, but if you are here and you really need someone to pray with you, we would love to pray with you this morning because we believe in a God who delivers. And if you're at home today, you don't have to be here for God to meet your need. 
You don't have to be in this place for God to deliver you and to touch your heart today. And so we're just going to pray for you this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we, we love you and we thank you for the reminder that David left us in the naming of his sons. Lord, I'm thankful that you are a God who hears. You hear our prayers. No matter how great our need or how small our need, Lord, you hear our prayers. And so, Lord, we call out to you today, and I, I ask, Lord, for each and every need that's represented here and for everyone that is watching, wherever they are, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would hear our prayers and that you would move. Because, Lord, you are the God who knows. You know each and every situation. Lord, you know the details of every need, Lord, even better than we do. Because, Lord, we believe together that you are the deliverer. And just, Lord Jesus, like you stood up in the boat that day for your disciples and you spoke to the wind and the waves, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you would speak that calm and that peace into every situation that's represented here today, to everyone that is struggling. Lord, that you would bring peace into that situation, that you are our deliverer. And I pray that as we go into this new week, Lord, that you would do what only you can do, that you would show up in miraculous ways in each and every situation. We love you, Lord, and we're so thankful for who you are. Help us to not forget that you are our deliverer. We thank you for what you've done and what you're going to do, and we give you praise in advance for every answer today. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen.